right, I got a few questions. Oh, uh, oh gosh. Uh, All right. Should uh, I step out of the room? Excited. You guys are like the yin and the yang of sports talk. <laughs> you know I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball season. Everything Why? is amazing. I'm on the owner's radar. It's never good. Not fun. I'm a little surprised you agreed to do this knowing that Paulie's part of the show. He's bound to do something every show that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> Buddy, open look at a three. Got it. It's like a layup for him. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Stephen Fonte, Pauly Sebelia with you up until 2 o'clock. Our first show of 2022. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year uh, to you as well, Pauly. 315-437-7644. If you'd like to check in, we've got two guests that we know of lined up for you today. One football, one basketball. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we will be joined by the head coach of the Orange, Dino Babers, set to join us at 1. And then Mike Monaco uh, will join us at 1.30. He does play-by-play for ESPN and for the ACC Network. He, of course, was on the call for the Syracuse-Virginia game over the weekend. We'll mix in your phone calls at any time. 315-437-7644. It's been a while, my friend. How are you today, Paulie? I'm doing good, Steve. Uh, we are... We are working a low where you know how ACC has the rules where you get uh, seven players and one coach and you still got to play. We, <laughs> we we are in that position here at ESPN Radio Syracuse and Q Sports Talk, and we're doing it. We're going to get through this week as the protocols are kicking in, but we'll make it. Everything's honky dory, Steve. On our side, it's not. And I don't say this lightly because I'm always the guy that it's Syracuse best. I I don't feel good about this team, Steve. I don't. Yeah. It's and that's just me being a. This is my fan perspective. Do I think of it as the end of the world for Syracuse basketball? No, no, I don't. They'll be fine. They'll recover. They'll be back. You know, they may figure it out this year. I'm just not as confident as I am every other year when I say everybody just calm down and relax. They're going to get to the tournament. I don't. I don't feel that way this year. Yeah, that was a big one over the weekend. Um, you know, it was a chance to start the ACC schedule 2-0. and It was a winnable game at home. Um, I know Virginia's got the marquee name. This is not the Virginia team of the last several years. Uh, you know, defensively, they're still good. They're not a good offensive team. And Syracuse gave up 74 points over the weekend. And, and that was, in my opinion, the difference in the game was, you know, the defense continues to struggle. And to give up 74 points to that particular Virginia team, um, that's too many, and and they lost the game as a result. I mean, you know, Syracuse scored sixty nine. I still think they're they're fine on the offensive end. Like Buddy played well offensively. Jimmy played well in the first half. Um, you know, they still Cole's still struggling from the outside. Joe has not played well the last couple of games. For them to put up sixty nine points though in that game, Paulie, that 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 should have been enough against that Virginia team, but they just couldn't get enough stops defensively. They weren't good enough. And and as a result, they let another one slip away. And as it stands right now, that's another quad three loss. They've got two quad three losses on their resume at the moment, Virginia and Georgetown. And then, of course, the Colgate loss falls into quad four. Um, it's uh, it's unfortunate. It's uh, it's troublesome. And, and you know, as you said, um, I understand where you're coming from, that you're not sure that, that this particular team's going to be able to turn it around. Look, when the other teams have turned it around, and the best example of it is that year with Brandon Trish and Michael Carter-Williams getting to the Final Four, they shut it down on defense. You know, hey, we're not maybe we're not going to score like other teams. They were able to do it on defense. 
I just am not confident with this team. Maybe I hope they prove me wrong. They gave up 74 points to Virginia. You know, like you said, 69 points should be enough to beat Virginia. Any other year, you would have been happy with 69 points against Virginia. You got to outscore teams. You can't give up 74. And it was really frustrating down the end of the, down the stretch of the game because Syracuse was making buckets easy, but was giving them up just as easy and was trading buckets at the end of that game when they needed to make stops. Yeah, and you know Virginia, um, you know credit them, and and Buddy talked about it after the game that you know they, he's played them, you know all four years obviously, and you know every year they they attack the zone in a different way, and that's a credit to Tony Bennett and a credit to his personnel that they have the ability to do that. Uh, you know this time they were, you know they really had a lot of success in the high post, and you know uh, Jaden Gardner was terrific, and Armand Franklin both very good from fifteen feet and in. And, you know, Syracuse just did not have enough defensively. You know, Kihei Clark hit some big shots. You know, the, the, their strategy, you could tell, it was kind of like, all right, don't let Kihei Clark beat you off the dribble. If he wants to shoot the three, uh, let him go ahead and shoot the three. He went three for five from deep and had a, had a couple of huge shots uh, in that game. And he finished with 17 points, eight assists. Um, and, you know, it doesn't look like he's a guy, you know, at face value, he doesn't look like a guy who should be able to beat you, but... You know, he was a big reason why Virginia won that game. Yeah, and he shouldn't have been able to do what he did down the stretch. He scored, you know, he got into the lane and scored two layups in the last, what, couple minutes there? And it was, that shouldn't happen, you know. Coach Beheim said it in his postgame interview, you know, with with us. Kia Clark's a pain in the ass. I, I don't ever want to see that guy again. I'm sorry. He's been there for 40 years. It's time for him to go. But that's the issue I have right now, Steve, is Virginia finds a way. You know, I don't see this team finding a way right now. Like, I don't see it getting better. That corner yeah, I mean, three Clark, is still happening. No matter what team they're playing, that corner three has been open. You could make the case that, that Clark had the three biggest plays in this game, uh, tied at 52 with nine minutes to go after, you know, Syracuse fought its way back for a second time and tied the game. Clark hits a three to put him up 55-52, and they go on a little run after that. They go on a 9-0 run to kind of seize control. Then Syracuse, you know, makes it close, gets it back to 65-62 after Buddy hits a three under four minutes to go. Clark hits another three uh, to make it 68-62 with just under 3.30 to go, and then he hit the the free throws at the end uh, when Syracuse got it back to a one-possession game, and he steps to the line, and obviously he's the guy you don't want to foul. Virginia got the ball in his hands. They forced a foul, and Clark steps up and, and makes he them hits both big and shots, man. He does. He makes big plays. And and you're right. It, it was another one of these toss-up games, and it did not go in SU's favor. And they're going to have to start winning these games because you, you get the feeling, Paulie, seeing what's going on around the rest of the conference, that Syracuse is going to be in, you know, only close games the rest of the way. Like that's the way it feels. Like if if there's a, a t- you know, if there's a double-digit victory, um, that's going to be the that's going to be the exception of the rule that everybody is so bunched up this year. It feels like it's Duke and everybody else, and maybe Carolina can kind of work its way into that top tier. But it feels like there are so many teams bunched up in the middle of this ACC. There's going to be so much parity that all of these games, or a majority of these games, are going to be toss-up games where the you know a possession or two is going to decide it. And can Syracuse scratch and claw and win those games and win more than they lose? And, you know, we saw another one just kind of slip away down the stretch here 
uh, a winnable game at home that they they really needed. Um, and there's a lot of basketball left to be played, but they're they, they continue to dig themselves a, a little bit of a deeper have, hole as we move along here. Have you ever seen a Syracuse team with so little room for error? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, uh, this, I mean, that's a good question. And it, and it really felt like that Saturday because well, outside Jimmy, of Buddy, nobody Jimmy, was really shooting the ball all that well. Jimmy played great. Jimmy played great, but he missed his free throws. But he meant, well, I was going to say, it's hard to say he played great when he went two for eight from the line. Yeah, no, I know he missed his free throws, but it's it's crazy that that was the di- like that was the difference, Steve. You know, in the yeah. game, if you really look eight, at eight free throws in a game that you lose by five. Yeah, if he had only missed three, it's a tie game, right? If or four, yeah, yeah, whatever the math is on that, because he made one. But yeah, no, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, Syracuse was forced to foul at the end, um, you know, down by three, and Clark went to the line and, and made both free throws. But yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was a big difference in the game. You know, Virginia only got to the line ten times; they only took ten free throws. That- Syracuse took twenty three, but they, you know, Jimmy's a good shooter. Um, but this year, he's not been a good free throw shooter, and to go two for eight from the line that was that was costly. There's no doubt about it. Buddy missed one. Uh, which again, he he was eight for nine from the line. Hard to get on him for that, but it was in a big spot. It was after he'd been fouled on a three point attempt uh, later in the second half. Uh, what three eighteen to go? Chance to cut it back to a three point game. He goes two of three from the line. It's a four point game. Syracuse puts on the press after that, um, and they you know they just they couldn't overcome the deficit. And that's another thing about this team when they put on the press. Um, it, that is very much desperation mode because this team. Um, I don't want to say cannot press, but. They, they're, you know, they, they might get a turnover here and there, or they might speed up the game if that's what they're trying to do. Um, but th- this team is not a good pressing team, and and if they're if they're putting on the press, it's desperation mode. Yeah, and they gave up seventy four points to Virginia. You you can't do like Virginia's not an offensive team. They they've put up seventy four twice this year. Syracuse, Iowa, or three times in fairly Dickinson, from what I'm seeing, you know, and it's. You just they shot sixty three percent in the second half, Paulie. Sixty three percent. Yeah, the defense made no stops in the second half, and Syracuse was scoring with them down the stretch. You know, what more can you ask out of Buddy Beheim? He, that that had to be the hardest twenty seven points I've ever seen a guy score. And it's they've got to find a way to be better defensively, and I don't know that they can. Yeah, they got off to a really slow start defensively. Uh, fell behind seven nothing. Uh, Virginia made its first uh, several threes, the first three or four threes in the game, and then they cooled off after that. And then Syracuse was able to fight back and pull even by halftime. But you know, it's we're seeing this over and over again, Polly, where it feels like, and I don't know if this is a fair assessment or not, but it feels like when they get stops, like the Florida State game, for instance, or the first half against Villanova. It felt like it was more so the opponent missing shots than it was Syracuse forcing them into bad shots. Is that is that fair? Like, do you get the same feeling? Or even watching Virginia, like Virginia came out and banged in three threes in a row. Um, they got a lot to of start open the looks. game, and then they cooled off. But it felt more like, well, they, they just missed some shots opposed to you know Syracuse really ramped up the defense and no, forced right. them into bad shots. You're right. They got open looks, you know. But that's why Virginia shouldn't be a team that you need to guard the three-point line is, you know, as well as you do against most, and they killed them at the high post. It, it, they did the same thing Georgetown did in the second half. 
They killed him in the high post. They they were getting easy dunks. It was, I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know the intricacies of the zone and was just on with Eric and Chris Joseph, and they were both saying they got to find a way to leave the center in the middle of the court. You know, I don't know what the answer is, but they both were in agreement that, that it's pulling, pulling Jesse to the corners isn't working right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's not working. Um, and I don't know what the solution is either. The Hall of Famer um, will find one, you hope. Right? As a Syracuse fan, yeah. you hope? Please? Yeah, I mean, Please his track record one? says he's going to find one. Yeah. <laughs> right? His track record says he's going to find one. And again, I mean, you you look at the schedule, and it's it's just loaded with winnable games. So, but yeah, I mean, but you know, Steve, Miami, we did this with football. Yeah. Normally, normally with Syracuse basketball, you look at them as winnable games. Can you look... At games as winnable right yes. now. Yes. Everything, yes. Everything outside of Duke, and I'm not, again, is it possible that they could beat Duke? It's possible in college basketball for anybody to lose on any given day. Are they going to beat Duke? Uh, highly, highly okay, unlikely. Let me, outside of Duke, though, I think they're, yes. I let think me they're phrase all this differently. In that Steve. winnable category. They are in, in, that, in winnable, that winnable category. But are they also equally yeah. in the losable category? Yes, of course. Yes. See, that's that's a, yes. that's a position I'm not used to being in with a, with Syracuse basketball. And I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think you can look at, you know, Pitt or BC or you, you can't take anything for you know, like no one in this conference Pitt can beat take him twice for last granted. year. Right. Right. Um and we've seen him lose to Colgate and we see, you know, we saw him lose to VCU and and so on and so forth. Like nothing you can't take anything for granted in this conference. Um so of course, they're all in the losable category. And you know, so again, it's a blessing and a curse right now because it's a you know the the fact that the ACC is down and that all these games are winnable. It's a blessing in that you can rack up a lot of wins, but they've dug themselves this hole that they're going to have to rack up a whole lot of wins. And how many of them are going to be quality wins, right? I mean, out, outside of Duke, maybe Carolina, maybe Louisville. Uh, like, like, you know, Joe Lenardi, and for what it's worth, and I know there's a lot of basketball left to be played. You know, so what does a bracketology matter? The first week of January, he didn't even mention Syracuse. Why would there's seven and six? Last, there's no, seven I know, and six. I, but I understand, but that's my point: is that they're not even in the you know the the top eight teams out of the tournament. They're not even in the top seventy six right now. They're not going to be in um, for a while. Right, they're going to have to go on. A I street. understand. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. On a Monday edition of Orange Nation again, Dino Babers set to join us at one o'clock. Mike Monaco from ESPN and the ACC Network will join us at one thirty as we talk some SU basketball with you. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Hey guys, this is Jeff from the chat room making a very rare crossover appearance. How are you? Welcome, Jeff. <laughs> thank you, thank you for the subscription earlier. Yeah. Yeah. No. No problem. Happy to do it. So here's the so thing. I'm a football. I'm a football first guy. You know this. I'm a relative luddite when it comes to basketball. The thing that's concerning to me, and it's never hasn't gone away yet, is we've had years where we're strong on the inside. We've had years where we can guard the line on the outside on defense. We can't seem to do anything on defense. And I was listening to the last show, and they made it crystal clear that these guys aren't athletic enough to play man. 
the zone clearly isn't working. I don't really know what else there is. I mean, are we going to have, I mean, I, I, again, in Jim, I trust, I get it, but I don't know what else there is if you can't play zone or man. Um, I don't know. I'm getting very concerned about this defense more so than anything else. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, count me in as well. Um, I am concerned. I am concerned about the defense, and, and we appreciate the call, and, and, and thank you for checking in. Um, I, I don't know, Pauly, w- what the solution is because, you know, th- it, it, he's right. This isn't a team where you go, you know, and I know it comes up here and there and we joke at it, you know, oh, they, well, they're never going to play man-to-man. But, you know, inevitably there's a call every year should they go to man-to-man. This team is not going man to man. No, like the this, only this, way that that would be a train wreck. The only way I see it working, like, and this is this, I'm saying this partly facetiously and sarcastically, like you almost need to go to the YMCA zone and just put people in a spot where they have very little movement and just leave them there. <laughs> you know, you you get here, you get here. You can't do that. But that's the way that it almost feels like this team is built. Is there's a reason why YMCA teams play zone, and this team's why? Yeah, the the, pro, the problem with that, though, I don't think that's the solution either. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not. But one college basketball guys are going to get open looks, and guys are going to make open looks against a static zone like that. So, if they're going to play zone, it, it's got to be an active zone. It's got to be you know knowing your right. personnel and finding the shooters and all. that. I don't know what the answer is. Um, yeah, I I don't either. I don't either. And I know that they experimented with that different look and we saw it towards the end of that game against Virginia. Right. I mean, they kind of, they went back to that, you know, buddy at the high post and um, you know, maybe we see more of that, you know, maybe they've got to get a little more gimmicky with the zone. Um, but I, I, I don't know that there's a simple solution and I, well, I, I, I think I do know there, there is no simple no, solution because they would have done it one, now. We would have seen it by yeah. now, right. We're 13 games this season. They need to, they need to do something, though, right? I'm sure they're working on it, and I'm sure they'll find out something. We had that little one, one, three, whatever the hell it was, wrinkle that they did, the eye formation, you know. But yeah, they, right. is it a matter of, like these guys just got a? It, maybe it's on. Maybe we're looking to the coaches to save us. Well, maybe you just got to look at the players and say you got to play better D. You know, we've well, told you what to do. That, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's not the coaches. It's yo, get your head out of your butt and play better D. That is one of the things that Jim Bayham talked about today on the the ACC teleconference. Uh, he spoke right before we went on the air, and one of the things he he mentioned was that they are spending more time than usual with the players, uh, going over video clips of what went wrong defensively against Virginia before the practice today. So they are spending more time on it, um, spending more time on defense and, and on, you know, the rotations and, and it, exactly what you're talking about, Paulie, is that the players need to understand where things are going awry in order for them to fix it. Um, and I, you know, I, I know that they get the mistakes pointed out to them, but you know, Jim Bayham said today that they're, they're spending a little more time on going over the mistakes. This is what happened. This is what needs to be fixed. So on and so forth. They, uh, we know the zone works. We've seen it work a million times. It works. It's just maybe it's not being played properly. And, and by this point, you know, Coach said earlier, you don't really need to learn the zone, right? Didn't he say that earlier in the season? It's not that hard to figure out, you know. Yeah. But maybe yeah. maybe it is. Like, because I've heard it said that it is. You know, they said last year that uh, Alan Griffin wasn't, 
you know, picking it up right away. And this year it was, no, they know it. It's not that hard, you know. But it appears there's something wrong. It, it, Eric Devendorf said last show, like, coach looks tired. Like, he looks like he's tired of explaining this stuff to him, you know. like, And I, I don't see it as, from that perspective because I'm not at practice and see the interest, you know, his coaching style. But he said coach looks tired doing, you know, just explaining this stuff to him. And he, he said at some point the players just got to be better. Right. I mean, yes. And and to your point about, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a change in philosophy or change in, you know, defensive formation as much as it, it might just be that they've got to be better. You know, players got to take ownership, uh, you know, just as much as coaches do when things don't go right. The players got to take some ownership. Um, you know, we've seen Cole Swider struggle from three this year. We know he's a better shooter than that. We, you know, Joe struggled the last two games. They need Joe to be better to win games. Um, you know, Jimmy missing the free throws. It, it, you know, Jesse's staying out of foul trouble. Like Jesse's done a lot of good things this year. He he continues to to get himself in foul trouble with with bad fouls too. I mean, we've seen a couple. You know, in the the game on Saturday, you know, two in particular, just kind of nickel and dimers that you know what. No need for it. You know, your your presence in the game is more important. Um, and he's got to be better in, in that way. I mean, across the board, they, they've got to be better collectively. They've got to be better individually. Um, and, you know, they the, the good thing is they've got enough time to turn it around. A lot of basketball left to be played. But, you know, as Yogi Berra said, it's, uh, you know, it's getting late early here for the SU men's basketball team, seven and six now. Uh, 13 games. Let's go back to the I want to hit something before you get to Drew. Al in our chat says opponents have certainly figured out the zone. Yes, they have. They, opponents figured out the zone years ago. That was the difference. You couldn't beat it, even when you figured it out. Like, Syracuse knows how to beat Virginia's pack line defense. They were told how to beat it. It just, you can't. They're so good at right. it. You know? It, this year, the zone is beatable, you know, because Syracuse isn't playing it well. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yes. When, when you scout an opponent, when you see an opponent year in and year out, you know how they're going to attack you. You know how you want to attack them. It comes down to, especially in conference play, who executes better. And, you know, we've, we've seen it, that this zone, whether it's in conference or out of conference, opponents are finding ways to get open looks and, you know, whether or not they knock them down, that's the difference in these games. Florida State did not shoot well. Syracuse won. Villanova did not shoot well in the first half. Syracuse was winning. Georgetown, you know, struggled at times in that game. But when they, you know, Villanova and Georgetown, when they got it going, Syracuse didn't have an answer. Syracuse couldn't, you know, couldn't get the stops that they needed when the, you know, the opponent executed better. And um, and that's a problem that when, you know, if, if your defense isn't good enough to stop the opponent, um, you have to rely on them to miss shots, and that's—I don't know how sustainable. That, that is not sustainable. No, you can't—you can't win on a regular basis like that if you're hoping that the other team just misses shots or has a poor shooting night. No, and and I'm you not worried about Syracuse scoring. In, in the defense, that, that's the beauty of this team is they don't have to get that much better on defense because their offense is so good. But but you got to make stops. You, you got yeah. you know down the stretch, you got to make stops. So, you want to go to Drew? I think Steve froze. So, while uh, Steve is frozen, I will go to Drew on the phone. Drew, what's up? 
Hey, Polly, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm just going to reiterate some of the things you said. This defense, like, even with that change to that 1-3-1, one, one, whatever they want to call it, it, it it just doesn't seem like it's working. And I, and like you say, I know you can't go man-to-man, but, God, there's got to be something we can do. And I know you're up against the break. So the other thing I wanted to ask is maybe when you talk to Dino, I mean, let's try to find out, is, is he hitting the transfer portal? Because, you know, this this team obviously has to add something, you know, to it, you know, to, to make it better. Because otherwise, he's going to be out of a job. So, I hope he's, you know, got something in line for this, you know, upcoming season. Yeah, I would hope he has something in line also. I mean, I don't think we need to ask him, you know, about the, uh, you know, We'll ask him about the transfer portal, but I think he knows where he stands. I don't think we need to reiterate that to him, but we'll we'll ask about the portal and his recruiting class and, you know, about the new offensive coordinator you got. Am I back with you, Paulie? Yes. Okay. Did you hear Sorry about that? Did you hear Drew? I heard Drew, yes, uh, wants to talk about the transfer portal with Coach. Yeah, can, and, uh, and basically he's got the same feeling everybody's, man, this team's got to get better on defense. Yeah. We got to take. Yeah, it I mean, I I think the players and coaches believe yeah, that as well. Right. I mean, I don't think it, it's a. Yeah, you know, we're not splitting a, the atom. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Uh, it's not rocket ship science, as uh, as as one as one put it. 